Hi there, everyone. I'm Gwen Jones, and welcome once again to the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Oops, not this week. In fact, I have a non-Rotarian on. I know, shocking. But he calls himself a Rotarian at heart. Ha, I digress. Let me give you a little bit of clues here. We all know who Jennifer Jones is. I guess for a few more months, she is P.E. Jennifer Jones. But do we really know her? I mean, come on. We know her rotary history. But did you ever think, wonder what Jennifer was like as a kid? Wonder what she's like as a sister? Ever wonder? Well, I do, to a point that I went and got Darren Jones to talk to me. If you don't know who Darren is, he is a world-renowned artist. He is a awesome hubby, and he happens to be the little brother of Jennifer Jones. So join me, won't you? I'm getting in touch with those family ties, those Jones family ties, this week on the podcast. And as always, I am so thrilled that you've joined me. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I have a non-Rotarian with me, but I have an amazing guest, nevertheless. Darren Jones is joining me. Now, who's Darren Jones? Well, he happens to be the little brother of this woman named Jennifer Jones. You may know her. She's going to be our president, our international president here in Rotary. And um, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk about Jennifer. We're going to talk about why he's not a Rotarian, and I'm not holding that against him. I'm just doing a little harassing because rumor has it his sister has given up on him. And most importantly, we're going to talk about his art and his life uh, as an artist during COVID, among other topics. Darren, thank you for being part of the show. No, you're more than welcome. Thank you for having me. And I do say I will I will it will be mild harassment because you said before the show (laughs) that your sister has given up on you uh, in the whole rotary thing. How come? Let's get out of the way. Why didn't you want to be a Rotarian? You know, I think there's been times uh, earlier in years earlier that uh, I have thought about it. And, you know, I, I always say, you know, with my sister that I'm a Rotarian at heart. I, I live uh, through Rotary, through her and through my family and, and everyone who's involved. And I sort of take a different approach and sort of help when I can and, you know, do what I can to to help support her and you know, truly, it's just been more so a time commitment with me in that sense of I travel so much with my art. I do shows, you know, I do anywhere from 17 to 19 shows in a year traveling every weekend. Wow. And and so between that and creating constantly, sometimes, you know, there are times where I'm like, OK, I could do this. And then there's other times there's no way I could fit it anywhere in my schedule. So, you know, I kind of play the Rotarian by heart and support my sister as much as I possibly can, both with doing things like this project with the theme painting and the scarf or just helping out when, when I can. So. Well, and let's talk about your artwork because you are an artist and, and, you know, Jennifer, I gave it a shot. Just letting you know, (laughs) gave it it a shot, Jennifer. You're you're good. good. You're very good. (laughs) (laughs) But let's talk about your art and then I'll talk about the way it's connected to Rotary because that little spot that you said that you said you were quote too busy to be a Rotarian as an artist. 
congratulations is like the first thing I want to say, <laughs> because, you know, we've all grown up with the quote unquote starving artists, you right. know, that and and to say that you're following your bliss and you make a, a profession out of it, that is that must be truly a, a wonderful thing and hopefully an inspiration to artists that are listening to me. Tell me about your art. How did when did you decide to have a career as being an artist? Yeah, so I'm 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 I truly I truly am blessed and lucky knowing that I discovered art and have become the painter, you know, that I am. So I actually moved to Chicago a little over 20 years ago for a job, worked in the corporate world and one day I was up in Evanston where headquarters is um, yeah. and I was actually going to a movie and walked past the art store. That's part of the, the complex where the movie theater was. And I saw this little starter oil kit in the window. And that's all I thought about during the entire movie. And I said to myself, if the store was open when the movie finished, I'm going in and buying it. So the store was open. I went in, I bought it. I started painting. I think I stayed up till two or three o'clock in the morning, just painting on these little panels that I bought and I haven't stopped since. So I'm truly self-taught artist. Um, so in the beginning I was working full time and painting sort of in my sunroom mm-hmm. Met uh, met some fellow artists, ended up sharing a studio space um, with a fellow artist. So it kind of worked out perfectly. He worked there during the day. I worked there at night after work. And nice. then in, 2009 sort of when a lot of layoffs were happening around around the country I was laid off from my corporate job and I remember thinking sitting on the curb downtown Chicago going all right I could easily get a job in the field that I am because I I loved what I did Um, or I could take this leap and jump into doing it full-time and I did and I haven't looked back. Wow. Congratulations. I mean, Thank I, you. you know, that's a, that's a story that, you know, you're always going to hear the cynic out there and I'm sure they're listening to my voice now going, well, you know, I mean, he was a corporate guy and, but that's not even that he, that he could like live a few months while his art, you know, took off. But I don't think that's really the essence of what you're talking about. To me, the essence of what you just told me about was there was this oil kit in a window and that's what attracted you. I mean, had you oh. thought about art before? You I know, mean, there's our, I mean, there's artistic genetics in our family. Like my mom, my mother is a, a watercolor artist. She hasn't done it for years, but, you know, growing up, she painted, you know, I had cousins and grandparents that, that were artistic. So we definitely have an artistic side to the family. Um, you know, I took art class in, in, I think grade nine in high school, and that so was so arts it. were a and part of your family. So it's not yeah, art, like, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, we were like definitely, out of nowhere, you just I think I'll take up oil painting. No, right? no, you know, our, <laughs> our parents were very good to expose us to the arts, whether it was you know, you know, painting and going to museums or the ballet or the orchestra or the opera. So we were definitely you know, um, growing up with with art around us. So you know, I, I went to university. I have two degrees, nothing to do with art. I have uh, my political science degree and I have my honors business degree. And I think back then, back then I just truly didn't know what I wanted to do. And part of me thought I wanted to be an architect. There was part of me that thought maybe I wanted to be more into interior design. So I knew I sort of had this. I was going to say both of of those have an artistic like nuance to them. Absolutely. So so I kind of knew that was in the back of my brain, but I think I sort of, for whatever reason, just, I didn't fight it. I just didn't, you know, 
go after it. And truly when I saw that, that starter, you know, it was a little wooden briefcase easel with all the oils. And truly when I saw that, I just remember thinking, you need to, you need to try and see if it's even something that, you know, I would like, and just fell in love absolutely immediately. And, um, and, you know, kept going. And you are definitely going and it's, yes. it's wonderful <laughs> to, to see that. Thank you. And, and, and it's really rather a, a never look back kind of thing, isn't it? It's just like, right. now you, now you can't imagine yourself doing anything else forever and ever. 100%. And, and, you know, now I look forward, you know, I move forward with thinking what's my next step as an artist, not what's my next step in my life. It's where, where am I going to go next? Am I going to move from a studio setting to an art gallery setting? Am I going to, you know, do less physical outdoor shows and do more indoor shows? So that's kind of, you know, where I'm at currently. And yeah, I mean, I, I just can't imagine my life now being anything but. Well, and I guess the the cliche question of all artists is what is your inspiration? And so you don't when you do these paintings, it sounds like you're not trying to work out some childhood grief or you're trying to fight against <laughs> who, who the knows, system. maybe. Maybe. I mean, so it's you know, because no. you do you do very contemporary kind of um I I it's funny because I, I see the watercolor-esque in your work. Uh I almost see a a Pollock-esque kind of in your work with the throwing of, not necessarily the throwing of the paint, but the heavy layers of the paint. Um, The, the ombre kind of effect in your painting where it starts off light and goes dark or vice versa. So if, as opposed to the inspiration, who, who inspired some of these looks or is this just comes out of you and that's how it looks? You know, for, so I'm considered an abstract landscape artist. So all my work is is contemporary and it's mixed media. So I I use a lot of different textures and layers and truly landscapes inspired. So it's somewhere I've traveled to somewhere I've been something I've seen that truly triggers an inspiration. So I might have been down in the Caribbean and just saw the most beautiful color of blue. And somehow I need to incorporate that into a painting. So it's taking something like that. Um, and for me, I'm always evolving. So I, I, I currently have sort of three collections that I'm working on. Wow. One that's one that's been going for about six years. It started when I moved into my own studio space. Um, one that I started during lockdown uh, here in, in Chicago during COVID. So that was sort of an evolution of the, the first series. And then another series that I've been doing for probably the start since I started painting and it's evolved as well. So, you know, and they're all, they're all truly, you know, I I've been inspired by what I thought was the view. I have a full view of downtown Chicago, my studio windows. So when I moved into this space, uh, a series that I started, I thought was being inspired by the grid lines of the Metra and the L tracks or the warehouses that I can see. But it turned out when I was coming back from lunch, I'm, I've got an old cage elevator. And when the door closed, I uh. saw the pattern that I've actually been replicating on the canvas. So subconsciously I was drawn by the new studio space. So it's kind of, you know, that's sort of where I'm at. I don't really, you know, I used to do, when you mentioned Pollock, I used to um, probably about, eight years ago, nine years ago, I was doing an entire series that was thrown on the canvas. So it had a very Pollock-esque look to them. 
I loved doing them. They were a lot of fun, but I realized at one point that every time someone saw this series, his name was referred to with me, which true, yeah, a huge compliment. Absolutely, right. yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's 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 to be in the same sentence is, is right. phenomenal. However, I wanted to be known as Darren Jones, Correct. and not not that artist who paints like Jackson Pollock. So I immediately right. ended that series. I'll still do one. I you know I've done a few commission pieces for people where I've done you know so I'll I'll bring them back. I still throw on on my panels every mm-hmm. once in a while, but it's mixed in with a whole bunch of other things that are going on. So I've and in that series, which was interesting, was I never went and studied Jackson Pollock's work. I never, I never went down to the Art Institute and like really, you know, tried to dissect it to see what he was doing. I just started throwing on the canvas and had fun. Uh, and, my, and my technique was different. He dripped and poured, whereas I actually right. had it up on a, upright on a table through with my hands. So part of that though, which is great, is that that truly drew me into all of my next series where I only paint with my hands. I don't use paintbrushes. I you don't use palette knives for the most part. Everything is layered on with my hands. So that is stemmed from doing that sort of throwing series, whereas now it's not thrown on, the paint goes on my hands and then I layer, you know, on that. So, you so know, I mean, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. So that ahead. means you yep. don't put, so you don't put the paint on the canvas first and then manipulate it, manipulate it much like when we were little kids, like finger painting, you actually put the paint on your hand and then on your hand move it is that what Correct. i'm understanding yep yeah so it'll actually you know my hands become basically the brushes so i'll have you know the two series you know that so the series that you know the theme paintings um, derive from i build up all the texture onto the wooden panels first and then i'll layer the coloring on and they can have anywhere from 20 to 60 layers of color that eventually go on but it's wow. the paint go, paints go on my hands and then my hands go to the, the the canvas or the panel, and then I spread spread the paint, and I use the pressure of my hands, whether I want a lot of the underneath color to come through, or if I want just that one tiny speck. Even though I had painted the whole thing red, I just want one little dot that shows red. Right. That's all manipulated by by using my hands. And so I guess one would ask then is I mean I my background is is music and production. But right. I do know in a singing voice, there is many layers and you can do that finite stuff or finite manipulation of the voice. If you're not using brushes, how are you getting any of that finite, tiny things with your fingers? I mean, are you using your nails or the back of your hand or the front of your hand or is it just your fingers? No, and you know, and so I think what for me to get those sort of really fine little spots, it's the texture that I'm painting on that allows the paint to show through only as a small spot. Got it. So okay. it's it's still the pressure of my hands. I don't typically paint with a finger or, you know, with a nail. Like it's and you know, that's sort of the beauty with my work being abstract. I'm not painting a silhouette of a face or an animal where True. I need that, I need that fine, you know, that hair detail or, you know, whatnot. So it's more me working on different textures that are going to pull the paint off my hands and stand on their own and then allow me to either cover it or not cover it. So you said you did, um, that sounds awesome. So now I got to go back and Thanks. look more of your work. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm like, hmm, huh. so you said that you're in the midst of of three different ones. You did this wonderful painting for the Imagine series for your sister. 
Correct. Said you were still working on one for the last nine years. I hope there's no deadline on that one. There's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a hard stop on that one. Right. No. And then the one in the middle is the one that I found interesting. And that is during art during COVID-19. And I am a huge fan of uh the art explosion that took place during the twenties, not only in um, Paris, but of course in, in Germany and all throughout. And even here in the United States, it's when some of our most provocative work argue, arguably took place is between say 1920 and 1929 in literature, in art, in design, in, you know, so that roaring twenties, came after World War One, probably some of the most horrific history that we've had. Now we have COVID. And of course, COVID isn't a world war, but COVID shook the world to its very core. People literally were, you know, dying every day and some still are. And politically, there was a juggernaut of all kinds of views, we could say. So, Absolutely. so we have this and and i find in times like that artists just get incredibly inspired is that where this art came did you get that incredible inspiration because of covid and that's what launched that series you know i think probably a combination of all of that you know i think i think there's just so much you know i i i've been told i paint with more emotion than I actually realize I do. And, you know, this happened, this happened at one of my open, I, I do an open house here in the studio on top of, you know, doing some shows. And I remember this was probably two or three years before COVID and I had clients and, and, you know, I, I clean up the studio. It looks like a gallery. And so I have all my art hanging. And I remember someone pulling me aside going, you are really happy and in really good space right now, aren't you? And I'm like, well, I am. And they're like, cause your artwork just reflects that so incredibly much. And so, and which was interesting that I didn't see that. Ah, so, okay. so, so just obviously physically being happier or in a good space translated to the work that I was doing. So with lockdown, you know, when the city, when Chicago locked down, you know, I was home for, you know, six or eight weeks before I started coming back to the studio. And I realized I work in my own studio by myself. I'm in a I was going to say, building. how come? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, well, at that time, I actually, so the week before lockdown hit, I sprained my ankle. So it, oh, actually, okay. it actually timed out that I could actually just sit on the couch for a few weeks before that. Gotcha. But the moment I could start walking, I was coming down the studio. And of course, there, you know, we, there was so much unknown back then that, I feared coming into the studio, into the building, touching the elevators, doing all that stuff that everybody right. did. So there was a lot of angst that was in there. And then also on top of that, I've now lost my stream of income of going to shows. When I do the art shows, that's where I meet my clients. This is where I sell my artwork. Yeah, so there we was talked a, about that before we went yeah. on air today. I was like, the art industry was not good to either one of us. Let me tell no. you, working and, in the arts was tough. Yeah, so I mean, exactly. Like for everyone in the arts, like when it stops, you know, I didn't have, you know, so when I'm, when I'm a typical year, I'm busy all, you know, summer doing the shows, but then I'm in the studio prepping inventory for the next right. show, or if I, if I've right. sold several, I'm, I'm, you know, so it's a nonstop process. Whereas here suddenly I could just paint just to paint. 
And so kind of took so, the job out of it. So it, you know, it, you know, I never, I never feel there's one series I do that is work to me. Okay. Otherwise, otherwise I never feel my art is work. I know it's okay. work and I, and I have a work mentality and that's because I think coming from the corporate world, I know I'm a business and I have to think of myself as a business to succeed. However, when I paint, I just lose myself in painting and it's not, it's not, it's not what I consider work. Right. even though it is work. Um, so it was really, it was really kind of fascinating, especially looking back that all of 2019, I just was painting and I had like so many blank canvases that were just sitting around the studio for, for a long time that because stores were closed, you couldn't do anything. I'm like, I was pulling out things and just trying things. And then finally, once you know, I could start ordering things online and sort of doing all of that, I was able to get a lot more supplies back in. But I really just sort of started experimenting with, and, and I do this all the time. I'm always experimenting and sometimes it works and it becomes a new part of, on my work or it doesn't work and it just becomes an underlying layer or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I was doing, I was doing this one. I've got two pieces hanging in the studio that they'll probably be the only two that I've done in this style and probably won't repeat it. But I was just having fun and I was dripping and moving the canvases and I was kind of creating almost like a city grid that you would see from an airplane and mm -hmm. I was um, painting and then the grid pattern came from when I was doing another piece where it had actually dripped all down my forearms and dried and that became the pattern that I had to put on a canvas cool. so okay so it was sort of like those little sort of moments and so so the painting that's the theme painting for for Jennifer's presidency that's considered part of my one can dream series. So rather than naming each painting separately, I consider them a series. So they're, they're numbered and hers is named differently just because of, of the purpose of what that painting represents. But for that whole series and it's industrial staples, beach sand, plaster, shredded paper, which happened to be um, my studio bills or anything involved with the studio that I shred that I layer on. And then I do all the color work. So I said before, I could have 20 to 60 plus layers of color. So I've been doing that since I moved into my own studio space. And this is where in lockdown, I was like, I want to evolve this. I want to change it. And so I really started working with layering even more texture on and then actually either using my fingers or this was where I will use a palette knife start cutting and slicing and creating these sort of lines and movements and then washing and washing and washing a lot of colors, but also before any of the texture, there's just layers and layers of colors on that. So I might carve into it a little bit and you'll see a little bit of turquoise. Well, the whole canvas might've been turquoise with some reds, but that's right. all you see. So it's sort of, I, I felt just really freeing myself of all the stress that has been going on with what was going on with COVID and not, not being able to do what I, you know, what I do as far as the business side, but it really allowed the creativity to come out and, you know, to kind of fast forward. I know we mentioned this uh, at the beginning before the podcast is, so I had a painting in Times Square. Well, that is my new, that's the evolution painting that went up on that. So, you know, I think the fact of not having the stress of like having to get to this show and getting to this show and getting to this show really let me kind of 
get out of my head, but also the fact of having the stress of going, you don't have these shows, you need to, you know, reach out to your clients, you need to kind of figure out how right. you're going to, you know, bring in some income. And um, so it did, it really created, and I call that my inner courage series. So that's the latest news series. And actually this week, I've combined both series into one new painting and really loving how it's turned out. So for me, it's just always, you know, everyone will be able to say that's a Darren Jones painting, but they can see an evolution from where I was to where I am now. Right. It is not a Pollock painting. Never was. It's not a Pollock. Exactly. It's not a Pollock, <laughs> nor, nor will it ever be. Absolutely. Well, it, it, since we've talked about your art and, and like I said, I, I am a huge fan and I would Thank love you. to come to, to a show sometime now that, now that I can start moving off the Island and, right. and out and about, <laughs> but we, we are here. We should talk a little bit about your older sister. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's very funny before the show started, I asked if you were older or younger than Jennifer and you and your brother, David are both younger. So Jennifer is, is, the sister of, of two brothers. So was she more of a mom to you two, or were the two younger brothers like, that's my sister. Don't mess with my sister. Were you the overprotective ones? Um, you know, I think we kind of, you know, I, we're very fortunate that all three of us get along amazingly well we, we I, truly, every single time we, i see you guys in a picture it's like everybody's smiling like yeah. you're the you're the you know poster yeah, child we, if we all actually <laughs> like each other <laughs> you know i mean we we were raised by great parents and you know we did we i mean of course we were total siblings where there was of course fights about something here or there sure. or, or or whatnot but yeah i think you know for you know me being sort of the middle child i looked i looked towards jen as paving the way for me to get through with whatever she I'd look up to her and see what she's doing to, you know, take the next steps of what am I going to do? Um, you know, I think we were all protective of each other, but we all let each other find their own ways and do their own things as well. And, you know, for me, you know, we went to different high schools, so we kind of were able to be ourselves without, you know, I, I purposely, I went to, in the neighborhood we lived in at the time, I was on the border of, I could go to this high school or I could go to this high school. So the one mm -hmm. high school was where, where Jennifer was going. And the other high school happened to be a high school where my parents and grandparents went. Uh -huh. So I was sort of torn, but at the same time, I was like, I think I want to go to the high school my parents and grandparents went so that I'm not referred to as Jennifer's brother all through my high school career. Right. And she won't be considered, oh, your brother's here. What's your brother, you know, to have sort of that so we could both have our own high school experience without, you know, sort of that. And I think it kind of worked out well. And, you know, I ended up being friends with a ton of her friends and she was friends with a ton of my friends. So I think it expanded sort of our social network in that sense as well. But yeah, we always, we always looked after each other and a lot of teasing and lots of laughs and well i have to say the, <laughs> the irony is not lost that now at least in the rotary world you are officially in your big sister's shadow but right. i guess <laughs> i guess in the art world however she's just she's just my sister Darren Jones' sister at any <laughs> of the art openings absolutely right which yeah, which we must both be have our, nice yeah yeah we both have we both have our own worlds which is great and we love each other's worlds and 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 respect both of that as well. So she is going to be uh, 
or in a give up two months or so now making history um, in the, in the rotary world. Are, are you proud sibling or is it oh. kind of like, of course she did this, <laughs> but of <laughs> well, course, you know, I was, I was going to say it was, it's probably a little bit of both, you know, I'm, I'm exceptionally proud. Um, and I'm proud that she kept pursuing it and didn't let doors closing on her, stop her from keep knocking on those doors to, to push to to become become the first female president but at the same time she's worked so incredibly hard to you know make you know make this happen and that alone i'm i'm proud of so we're we're excited and um you know she was she was that way when we were younger she was the one who was like all right let's go to get vegetables out of mom's garden and let's go set up a little stand and let's raise some money and let's donate some of the money that we raise, but then let's also go to the store and get some candies. So, you know, so she's always so, been an overachiever is what always, you're telling me. Yes, okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> so then, so then she's, she's going to be, um, uh, you know, this president and we're all very excited. And I joke all the time here that I, I feel a little sorry for shaker that not only is he just coming out of COVID so he can barely travel, but next year he's playing your role of just living in Jennifer's shadow this whole right. year because <laughs> she is so, but before she was going to be uh president, she was a huge person for the diversity, equity, and inclusion of rotary. And you said to me before the show that you are proudly married to your husband. Absolutely. And uh, what is his name? I forgot. It just flew out of my hat. Mike. Mike. Yep. So hi, Mike. Um, <laughs> because you uh, are part of the LBGTQ uh, part of our world. Do you think that had anything to do with Jennifer being so such a strong person for diversity, equity, and inclusion in Rotary? Um, you know, I don't know. I, do, I don't know if there's um, part of that that's influenced it. I mean, I think having having a gay brother definitely opened your eyes to things that happen that you're not privileged to have experienced because you're not. And, you know, I've been very fortunate that it hasn't been a horrible struggle for me, you know, coming out what was, I was more scared than anybody else. And, um, you know, my so you family, don't even have that good story. You don't have the starving yeah. artist story. <laughs> you don't have the siblings and parents hated you because your no. gay story. Jeez, there's like no, no, no story here at all with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But that, but that just shows how, how loving our parents were in raising us to respect and, and love everyone for who they are. And, you know, we, you know, I think part of that also comes from being Canadian a little bit. And I see that from living in the U S for as long as I have that, you know, there really is a difference um, from someone who grows up in Canada versus in the U S I think there's more tolerance for um everybody. And so I, you know, I think there might be part of that, that, you know, she's taken from having me as a brother, but I think also just, you know, it's, it's genuinely her heart for wanting everyone to, to have a, a spot at the table and, you know, be able to, you know, participate and not, not be discriminated against. And, you know, and I think that's, that's been a really great thing. Well, you do have some very rebellious truckers 
in Canada. <laughs> well, yes. <may> I say <laughs> that, that are probably fine with LBGTQ, but God forbid they have a piece of cloth on their face. So I don't know. There's a few Canadians out there. <laughs> well, of course. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Not every country is perfect by any means. No, by <laughs> any means. So, well, that's awesome to hear. And I, and I think, um, I mean, I have, I have a lot of family in Canada, so I'll go with the Canadians can be, and even if they're not tolerant, I find them a heck of a lot nicer overall. About it. Exactly. About it. So <laughs> I may not agree with you, but you know what? Would you like some tea? Would you like, right. <laughs> exactly. Let's go, let's go for a beer and then we'll chat about it. <laughs> we'll chat about it. Bring your husband, bring your wife. Right. It's fine. Exactly. So let's talk about this scarf. And about the painting and about uh, the biggest cry that I had after we saw the whole presentation, which was how do I get one? Knowing (laughs) that the prints are almost have all been taken care of. But for people who are just catching up and saying, what are we talking about? What are we what is this painting? What could you give us the whole story about Jennifer and wanting you to make a painting to represent her year because it's beautiful however it doesn't look anything like her emblem the imagine emblem right right it's a separate painting so could you could you give us a little story about what why she had you make this beautiful painting for her yeah so you know i think when um this all came into play when you know she realized she was going to become president and the whole notion of part of her presidency is to have a theme and to have a tie and to have a scarf and and all the elements that come in. And with that, that helps the foundation raise money that she, it was one of her immediate first thoughts was I have this unique situation where I have a brother who is this artist. Why not see for someone who knows me so well, create something that goes with her idea of imagine in the theme. And So we kind of chit-chatted back and forth. And then, you know, she thought, what about, you know, we kind of came up with different ideas and different thoughts. And she's like, well, what if we, you know, do something that's never been done and have an actual what's considered the theme painting? So what we did was I worked with um, the home office people as far as this was at the time where she was developing her convention theme and her, you know, the Imagine theme and with those logos. So we started working with a color palette and, and the color palette was very important to her in the sense that, you know, she was eliminating the jacket this year to allow people to dress how they dress to be more inclusive, but right. to use these colors, the purples, the whites and the, and the greens. And so kind of listening to her whole concept of where she's going with this really helped me inspire the idea of what I sort of wanted to do. And I wanted to go with my One Can Dream series in the sense that that's kind of what that stands for is one can dream about anything, whether it's, you know, your next job, your next purchase, your next trip, your next whatever it is. Right. Um, and so her paintings actually named Imagine One's Dream. So I've incorporated her theme into the name, but also keeping part of what the series represents. And on the painting, it is, um, like I mentioned before, there's industrial staples, there's beach sand. And the important part with the beach sand is that comes from our family cottage in Ontario. So there's a family Uh part that goes on that, then the plaster, then the shredded paper. And then the shredded paper actually comes from uh, the rotary website. I actually pulled off um, 
the four-way tests and all these different things and elements that I shredded. So then now rotary is actually a part of the painting as well. So it's like and infused. It's, it's infused into You're that. Right. And there's actually one little spot where the you could, no one will ever notice unless I point it out to them, but there's a little bit of yellow, which is the rotary wheel that is still showing just slightly. And that kind of was inspired by a little bit of else of the yellow that went through. And then the way I place the staples on the painting, they're, they look random to anyone who's sort of just looking at it. They might see a pattern and start to realize it, but it's done in fives, threes, and ones. And that again represents our family. So we're a family of five. Right. There's three siblings and each of us stand on our own. And so that's the one. So all of that combined created the painting. And so while we were creating the painting, I think staff and, and Jennifer were trying to think, you know, about the scarf and the tie, will we just pull elements off of it? Right. And Jen and I had this great conversation of, you know, the painting is a 36 by 36 size. Right. And we're like, why not do the actual painting as the scarf? So the scarf is an actual scan of the painting, then reproduced in silk. So if you hold it up next to the painting, you see that it's the exact same thing. So we're not, it wasn't recreated into a new pattern. It was actually the painting and we put a beautiful darker border around it. So it just really, really, I, I love how it turns out. It's beautiful. And, and it's a larger square so that Anyone can wear it in so many different ways and incorporate that. And then for the tie, and um, there was a puff made as well in bow tie that we actually did scan the painting for sort of a really fun, you know, couple Area. spots that right. areas that will sort of highlight it. So at first glance, you might not notice, but as you look closer to the tie, you'll see a staple, you'll see the the grid lines and whatnot. So it's it's been really cool to actually see that because I've never done anything like this to see my my artwork actually in wearable you know clothing or or articles right that's like a whole new a whole new avenue for you yeah Yeah. and so it's it's been really cool and then you know I I know if you've watched when when she announced everything she actually has um, the scarf on but then I know she did another promotional where she's wearing she had the fabric made into a dress so it's kind of been really fun for her to take the painting and kind of come up with these ideas and then um we obviously had it scanned to create the limited edition prints that the district governors get to help raise money for polio. And when I, I, I don't remember if we said it in the launch or if it was, you know, a conversation we had when we did all the filming that this will probably be the only limited edition print I ever do. So there's a real value to this piece to help raise money. It's with my work, because things are so textural, it's really difficult to to do. I was going to say prints. it's even even doing it in the in the more artist ways of of doing prints. Jellies, gel. Oh gosh, uh, jaclays. Yes, jaclays. Thank you. Oh, my partner would scream at me because I messed that up, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You were close. <laughs> but I was. Yeah. But what what's amazing about you're still dealing with two-dimensional it sounds like after 60 layers there you know that there is almost a a 3d fact for no better that you just can't put on no you can't you still you you know you 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 can you know and what's beautiful with the scarf because it's on silk it has that see-through feel so you get that feel of kind of diaphanous kind of yeah yeah. you you get that textural feel from it same with the tie that they went with a weave where the color is actually woven into the fabric 
rather than printed on it. So you get the texture again. So it's, it, there's been a lot of thought as far as incorporating the texture of the painting to that. And so, you know, with the print, you do sort of lose a little bit of that, but at the same time, you know, it's just something I, I normally, I just, I'm always painting original. That's kind of been my thing. And so when it came to this opportunity to do the limited edition of print, I was sort of really excited to one, see how it worked out, but two, to do something for Rotary to let them raise money for polio and all their efforts and truly be a limited edition that will never be repeated ever again in my artist career mm -hmm. gives it even more value to help them raise more money. So it's kind of it gives a, it quite a provenance, as they say. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, it's my Absolutely. way of, of giving back. And, and as we started the conversation, being a Rotarian at heart. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Well, then I first off, and it was it was kind of interesting because your sister was your sister, but Rotary was also your client. Right. So in a mm -hmm. way, you kind of had to think of it both ways. So I, I find it's lovely, these very intimate little things that you added to it, but it was still to make a client happy. So that must have been kind of a, a duality that was interesting to work with a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, I think I find that with with any commission work that I do, that, you know, there is duality of, you know, of them allowing me my artistic creativity to create something, but to also still be accomplishing the goal of what that client really wanted. And, you know, and what's great with, you know, obviously having the relationship with my sister is she was part of the process all the way along. I was showing her all different layers as we were, you know, building up and once in a while she'd be like, Oh, I really like that. I'm like, Oh, it's so far from being done. So don't like it yet. <laughs> don't look, don't <laughs> you know, look, don't, don't look yet, but you know, here's where we're at sort of with that. So, you know, and, you know, and in the end, even though my voice said this painting is done, it wouldn't have been done if she wasn't thrilled with it, thrilled and, with it and, yeah. and, and loved it. That's like, the client she, hat. That's that the client in. hat where right. she, she had to, she had to be as happy and, and excited about it as I was. Mm -hmm. And I knew she would be, but that's also part of my artist insecurity where it's anytime, even if I followed everything I thought the client wanted, you get nervous when it's their first time seeing it because they might be like, oh, that's a little different than I thought it was going to look like. And, right. Um, you know, they'll still love it. But yeah, so this was, you know, she was able I to. I love the way you use that color, bro. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. I didn't know there were so many purples, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, right. Yeah. So well, then what yeah, happens so, to the painting? So does it stay painting, at Rotary? Does it, does Jennifer get to keep it? Well, so, so technically, um, I've donated the painting to my sister. So gotcha. it will be, and we'll have to clarify that with her. It's hanging. She has it in the president-elect's office now, but it'll hang over the fireplace in the president's office for her year of presidency. Whether she chooses to auction it off at the end of the presidency, whether she takes that home or whether it stays at Rotary, I'm assuming that'll be her decision to make. Well, so, she's coming back to the podcast before she goes. Well, so we'll 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 nail that. You'll, down you'll a have to you'll have, you'll have to find you'll have to find out what what you know because her and I we we've chatted back and forth, but that was way early on, so I actually don't know for sure what you know. My guess is that she might want to hang on to that as her souvenir for a presidency, but then at the same time the way she thinks and I know the way she, she might thinks, be like if, staring if at my brother's can, picture for the last 12 months Jesus I'm no, done it'll be <laughs> no I was gonna say it'll be more so let's auction this off and raise as yeah. much money as we possibly can 
So we'll see. I mean, that's her call and, and Rotary's call as well. But, uh, but yeah, so it'll hang, it'll hang in her office for the, for the presidency's year. So I got one more question for you and I thank you Absolutely. for taking a, a lot of time out of your day and no, doing this. Um, so your sister's about to literally, you know, be hitting the presses and the news and all that kind of stuff. And for a split moment, maybe even be more famous than you are in the art world. <laughs> Do you have a message for her? Because I know she's a fan of the show. So what what's your what's your note as your as your sister uh, embarks on this history making thing? Gotten any advice? No, I, any love? Any note? No, <laughs> I, you know, well, she knows how much I love her, so I don't think I have to. I don't think. It, well, I'll express it again that I love her. But you know, I think just to know that her family has been so proud of her in this journey, and to not get caught up and the whirlwind craziness of it and enjoy each moment, whether it's a little trip somewhere or it's something that she's doing in the office that to just really hold on and, and, and enjoy it. And, and I, sh- I know she knows the weight of, of the history making part of, of her role, but to just really, you know, enjoy the moment to be part of it and be in it and, and not keep thinking two months ahead be where you're at now and don't let the little craziness drive you crazy. <laughs> mm. Amen, brother. As somebody yeah. who works with your sister and I, I, <laughs> I, I think she's one of the the kindest, most uh, politically correct, wonderful people I've ever known because I am, I'm a from the hip kind of person. And right. she knows how to give me a wink and go, it's all good. Just, right. <laughs> which is why exactly. I will never be Rotary International president. <laughs> Darren, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for talking art. We changed the podcast. This is Art Week with Gwen and Darren. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And uh, I definitely want to come to one of your shows. Are you going to be in Houston by chance? I will be. I know um, I'm working on that with, I have a show. I literally have have an art art show on that weekend. So I will probably be flying in on the Monday. I'll be there. I'll be there for her speech, which I think is on the Wednesday, but I will, I will be there for, for a, a, a portion of it. So, yes. Yeah, so well, it's kind it of, be... again, combining my art world with my, my sister's rotary world. So <laughs> as it is that yeah. as it is with siblings. So uh, yeah. thank you so much. I hope to run into you. It would be great to, uh, to, uh, you know, let you It'd be great. Great to meet in person. And absolutely. I, I, thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh and uh, I'll just keep painting and uh, we'll see where things go. Please do. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much, Darren. And like I said, this week was Art Week with Darren and Gwen. And I have to admit, uh, my partner has a, uh, a degree in museum and art management. So painting has come on my radar after music. But you know, art, music, all of those expressions are just the things that make us human. And so Darren, talking art with you was amazing. And talking the Jones family dynamic. What I could tell really clearly in your voice and on your face is that you're super proud of your sister. And uh, I got a, I got a really good belief that she's pretty proud of you too. Bravo to both of you. All right. Well, that takes us to the end of the podcast. As usual, tell folks about the podcast, won't you? Download and subscribe so others can find it. And hey, if you're interested,
interested in that more musical side of me that I spoke about, then come check me out on the radio. I have a weekly show in Europe on Rotary Radio UK. And if you know somebody that I should have on the podcast, let me know. You can get in touch with me through RotarianPod at gmail.com. Well then, until next week, take care of yourself and the world around you, and we'll hear you next time on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Um, an art-filled week. Why not? Give it a try. Take care, everybody.